approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What's going on, everyone? Welcome back into the Fantasy Coaches. This is Coach Steve here once again. Uh, if you listen to part one of our RB Breakout Sleepers and Busts, you know that we split this episode up into two parts here. Uh, so we appreciate you turning in for the second part here now. So enjoy the part two of the RBs, Busts, Sleepers, and Breakouts. All right, uh, Coach Sean, over to your RB Breakout. Who you got? Uh, this one feels kind of bad because he already is being drafted at this point of a breakout, but I'm taking Tony Pollard because I still believe in the talent of Tony Pollard because of what he did. QB9. On... Oh, that's sick. It's QB9. That's crazy. <laughs> that's better than I thought. John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need why he's going to be a top four <laughs> back. Why is I don't even know back? why he's, he's going to be literally – he has to be a top four back for this breakout to happen. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I think he has that potential. I think he has top four, top five potential, in my opinion, because what he was doing last year in weeks seven through 16, he was averaging what would have been the RB seven with outside of top 25 touches. So he is just electric. And so th- these are sometimes the players that you want to bet on is like, OK, he's an electric player. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's over five yards a clip. He clearly they love him in big for big play situations. And now the guy, Ezekiel Elliott, who was the biggest barrier for this guy being a fantasy superstar, is gone. So, yeah, if, if he takes a huge pay cut and they re-sign him, fine. But maybe that workload is closer to 60-40 versus, in Tony Pollard's favor, versus the inverse, which was, you know, it was all Zeke. And then Tony Pollard would come out there and run a drive and we'd be like, oh, wow, offense looks awesome. And then Ezekiel Elliott's back out there doing nonsense. So, I think the the only fear in my mind with drafting Tony Pollard is that you are losing the offensive coordinator. That's what scares me is like, I, I, you know, how creative we've had, you know, what's his name? Um, McCarthy come out and say he wants to slow the pace down and do all this other BS. And like, that scares me for sure. Like, I don't want to hear an offense and a coach say that, but you added Brandon cooks. I mean, you got a healthy Michael Gallup. I mean, I think Dak is still, a, you know, a good quarterback. He's got to be careful with the turnovers, but you know, this offense can still be a prolific top 10 offense and Tony Pollard being as electric as he is in what I think could still be a good offense. Those are kind of the guys I want to make bets on. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, RB, you know, he's going as, you know, RB nine, RB 10. And, and I really do think he has like top three, if he has one of these outlier years of double digit touchdowns and, you know, 1600 all purpose yards, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Okay. 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 Uh, Jibs, Andrew, do you guys agree or disagree with a top three season from Tony Pollard? I, well, I, mean, I totally disagree, but. <laughs> so why do you disagree? 
Um, I just don't know. Like, I'm, I just haven't been the biggest fan of Tony Pollard. I'm also an Eagles fan, but um, I just like he obviously has the best chance this year with no Zeke, and he has as much volume as he can. But like, uh, I'm just maybe a little skeptical if he can handle like these workhorse load per se for a whole season. That's my only concern. But other than that, like he's electric when he catches the ball. I mean, when he gets the ball, you see him like five yard per carry. His receptions are good as well. So he has the upside. I just don't think he'll hold up. And I'll just jump in and kind of say, I, I think I see both sides of this and I, I'm not trying to, I want to play the middle and play the fence. But to me, the, the QB nine is really where I'm having an issue. I'm just <laughs> RB nine is where I have the issue. Let's, let's clarify I think yeah. that's probably about where he belongs. I think his ceiling is probably top five. I get all of that. And there's a lot of narratives you can build depending on whichever side of the fence you're on. So I'm kind of, I'm fine sitting him at QB nine. I feel like that makes some sense because of the risk, because of the, the fact too, that we don't know where Zeke is going to be. I think there is some, a little bit of baked in negative side there because there is a chance that, you know, come September 3rd, right. We see Zeke sign a league minimum contract to stay with the Cowboys and retire a Cowboy. And then Pollard's value goes out the window. And I mean, it, it, I'm just saying we've seen Jerry mm-hmm. Jones do crazier things. So I think some of that is baked into Pollard's ADP here. And again, I don't think, I mean, again, to go back to your other argument too, John, RB9 is probably his floor, right? Like, let's be clear. Like, I don't think he's going to do much lower than that if they don't change anything. So I don't mind this being a breakout. But to me, a breakout is someone that is, you know, going 12 or 15 spots too late. And I think in this case, I don't know if you can really have RB1 or RB3 as a, as a, reasonable outcome it's kind of like that what we were just saying like you'd have to say everything has to go exactly right to get there so i don't again i don't mind the 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 game here of running back nine being a breakout i just feel like at that point you're pretty much banking on him being the number one i just don't know if i see that i'd I'd love that i would love that i've got a lot of pollen chairs but i think there's just a lot of better talent still in the nfl right now okay yeah john i mean i i think this is Like, I like him here. I I do like him at RB9, obviously. I I wouldn't mind taking him in the late second round uh, of my drafts because I I like that I think he will end up as an RB1. I don't know if he can hold up to be a top, you know, a top three back because I don't know if the receiving upside is going to be there. I know that's what he's been doing for his career, but the way this offense is going to change, they brought in more pass catchers to take in this offense on a little bit here. Uh, I feel like he would need to have 80, 80, 80 targets to to get to top three RB and I don't think he does this season. So, um, well, I mean, I think it's interesting you say that he had uh, 55 targets last year, 16th in running backs, which is one ahead of Michael Carter, two ahead of Najee Harris. Like, and that was with Zeke, right? So we're kind right, of projecting right. this. He's going to get more this year, but to go from 55 to 100 is a hell of a leap. Like that puts him in the CMC Austin Eckler kind of range. I'm not sure if that's what the Cowboys want to do. So I, I would love to see that again. I'd be <laughs> fine with that, but that's that's a big jump from his. Uh, even even RB nine, I feel like that's a big jump from there to get up to that. Just right. putting it out there. It's just it's just to me in weeks. So I again I le- I just I like the sample size, and again it's just making my argument. So it's probably why I like this sample size. But week seven to sixteen, you know, you're at fifty percent, fifty three percent of the touches, and you're RB seven. So yeah. if he's gonna get sixty percent of the touches then RB nine is already too low. Like, so that's just my point. Like, I, I think that, and again, you know, the doc, in the show doc, if I'm giving everyone a little secret sauce, it said, who do I think will have a career year? I think Tony Pollard yep. will have a career year. I, I don't that's think, a fair point. and, and fair I don't point. think it's going to like next year, it's not going to be better or worse. I think this will, this is Tony Pollard's year to have a career year. Well, know, again, that's where I thought of putting him. 
Well, I thought of putting him as my breakout too for that exact logic. And then I was like, man, RB nine, that feels pretty fair. So I moved on, but I get your, I get your logic. I really do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. You sold me a little John now. Like looking at behind <laughs> right. McCaffrey and Eckler. Listen, I, I was trying to sell people on Olave, and now I'm selling yeah. you on Tony Pollard. That's I'm next week's show, John. That's next week's show. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. Don't spoil it. Three All right. Let's get over to John uh, Jibs. Your breakout RB. Who you got? Uh, it's Scam Acres. Um, <laughs> I wrote Cam Acres. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'd be professional. And he's QB 21, so watch out, Cooper Cup. He's slinging the passes. Um, basically, uh, K-Maker's best uh, RB finish was 35 in PPR leagues, and it sounds hysterical that I'm even mentioning him to be a breakout this year, especially when you think about that tumultuous season that he went through with the Rams uh, in 2022. He was practically unusable for two-thirds this season, and he came right alive right before the fantasy playoffs, and he was basically the RB4 during the last six games. Uh he had 70, average 17 attempts, 85 yards, and I think he scored six touchdowns in those last six games. And for me, his situation hasn't changed dramatically. He has less time, talent behind him. He should be in line for the bulk of the carries. Like you could ask Siri, who's Karen Williams, who's Ronnie Rivers. She probably won't know. And um, obviously, I wish he could give us a little bit more passing upside, but it is what it is. So I just don't see a world when Cam Akers isn't garnishing 15 touches per game. Under a bad reworked offensive line, um, I don't mind drafting them in round five at all, With especially with some of the talent not named Dallin Cook in that range. So um, you guys tell me how you guys feel about it. Well, I'll go first real quick. I, I don't mind K-Makers at all for a breakout because I think he – I think he disappointed a lot of fantasy managers last year. He was RB 39 in points per game. He only got 18 targets on the season. Like there were some games that it just felt like that, that Sean McVay didn't want him to play. Like it was just really awkward, you know, in the beginning part of that year and they would have Daryl Henderson come in and then they cut Daryl Henderson. Like it was just all over the place. Like, what are we doing? Um, if they play Cam Akers like those last four games of the season, then yeah, I think that he could definitely have a career year and be a breakout. And again, at RB 21, I mean, that's, you're not risking a lot. So I totally like the logic there. I just don't know what this Rams offense is going to look like. I don't know what they're going to do. And some of the general frustration, I guess, just has me not out on Cam Akers, but fine with his ADP. Right. And I think you're probably right that his, uh, RB 21 kind of ADP is probably more a floor than a ceiling. So I don't mind this at all for being a breakout candidate, in my opinion. Yep, I'm with you, Jibs. I mean, we did our bounce back show and I had Cam Akers as a bounce back candidate. So I think he's a perfect kind of post hype sleeper um, because of how and I think it was, you know, injury related and also a very weird season for him last season where the team like kind of didn't want him in the middle of it, which it's got to suck. So um, yeah, that would affect my attitude and play in the workplace as well. I, I so I get it. Um, but I think this year sounds like it's water under the bridge and he's going in, you know, expecting to be a focal point. So sure. Yeah. I mean, I can't really disagree with you here on this one, Jibs. I, I, I was thinking about putting K makers as my breakout RB. So I think there's definitely a ton of potential as a guy who's likely going to see a bulk of the carries in this offense here. And we saw, and he sees work, he's he's just a really good back overall for fantasy. So no disagreements here, Jibs. So uh, I will go over to, of course, I will go over to my breakout RB, which is Alexander Madison. And he is actually RB 25 right now, ADP 70. So with Alexander Madison, people are definitely, I think a lot of people are down on Madison. People don't believe in Madison and his ability to to really shine. Um, and, I, and I get why, because obviously last year wasn't a great season for him, obviously, in terms of, 
you know, being efficient when he had opportunity and he didn't really make any noise with Dalvin Cook on the field here. But I, I really do Madison is going to come in and be the workhorse for this team. They went out and re-signed him to a two-year, $7 million deal, which is for Arby at this point, <laughs> not a bad contract at this point. You know, in games when he had at least 10 carries, he averaged 70 rushing yards. In games where he had 15 carries, he averaged 104 yards. In games where he started, he averaged 80 yards, 34, 36 receptions for about 20 fantasy points a game. You had the talent surrounding him and Ty Chandler, who was a seventh, sixth round pick. Uh, you have Dwayne McBride, who, yes, I like him as a runner, but you know, I don't know if he really has the skill set or talent to really make it at the next level here. Um, you know, the way I see it is that he's going to come in as the day one starter. People are in Minnesota are hyping him up here. Uh, he has the third easiest schedule for Arby's this season. He gets Detroit and Green Bay in domes during the playoffs. He was 13th in fantasy points per opportunity last year. It just was a bad year for him. And if, if he was a full-time running back and having a down year, people would still be drafting him relatively high. I mean, he has opportunity as a pass catcher. Cook saw 59 targets last year. I think Madison can get to that 40 range. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, when he's been a head coach or an offensive coordinator, in two or four seasons, he's had a running back at least 60% of the carries. So if he can get 60% and Dalvin Cook had 66 last year, I, I kind of want that. And if, if Alexander Madison can get 66% of the carries, that's, you know, depending on how many how much time they run last year, this year. I mean, if you say 240 carries, 225, 230 carries, he's going to put up a good season. I mean, you just give this man the rock and he's going to produce with the ball in his hand. And if you give him enough Target share, I mean, borderline RB1 is definitely not out of the question. I think a lot of people are just down on a bad year last year and the inefficiency that he ran last year, but there's still bounce back potential for me, honestly. I, I know I kind of compare him a little bit to um, why I can't think of his name here. Michael Turner a couple of years ago, a long time ago, where he had opportunity and Madison actually had more yards before he left, uh, before Turner left uh, char- the Chargers and go to Atlanta. And he had a career season when he got the rock. And I think Madison, his time is now to shine. He's got two years to prove it. And I think he will. So for me, I think Madison is a big breakout candidate that people are just fading for some reason. Yeah. It's funny. I, I think, um, you know, you had mentioned inefficiency. I think he was, a, he was, he ranked 16th in efficiency in the PFF matrix, uh, metrics last year. So it's not that for me. It's that I don't know if he has the, the sort of, you know, long speed and, and burst and, and home run hitting ability that like Dalvin cook had. So I think he will be efficient. I think he will get a lot of touches and he'll probably, you know, be solid. It's funny. I I like this call. And the more I think about it, I like this call because if there was someone who was going to have an outlier touchdown season, similar to a Jamal Williams last year, you know, maybe the touchdown, you know, maybe Jefferson gets dragged down at the five, six times and they just punch it in with Madison. You know what I'm saying? Like the offense is going to score points. And so if Madison is going to be the primary ball carrier, even if he isn't explosive, he still has a chance. He might get a lot of red zone touches. And so that to me is valuable for fantasy. So yeah, you're right. RB 25 feels kind of low. And it's like, yeah, maybe he could have this crazy double digit touchdown season in him, which I think I'm on the situation, I feel like with. that's not terrible. Uh, I just yeah. feel like there's potential for him to just break out this coming yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's always that. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying like even worst, even floor case scenario, I'm saying is is fine. Like, right. but yeah, and then maybe there's the chance that he's, you know, unbelievable and he's running at six yards a clip and he's, and he's you know, and he's great. 
But even if he doesn't, I'm saying there's still a world where he beats this ADP, even if he stays inefficient. He could beat that ADP with just, you know, four or five extra touchdowns. He beats that ADP. Of course. Anyone else disagree? Go ahead, Jim. (laughs) Well, I'm not really opposed to the terminology. Um, it's just a couple people in that range that um, I probably don't like as much as others. So he will be ending up on my team. But um, I just hopefully team. he's not not if I'm playing with you. But like, um, <laughs> like hopefully you get a thousand yards, maybe five, six touchdowns. I'm okay with. But like, ah, if he get double digit touchdowns, which is you know touchdowns are fickle, like that could be like an amazing season for him. So like, it's all in the realm of the possibilities. He plays on a pretty good offense, and I'm pretty sure the Vikings have a bad defense. So uh, I, I don't know how that's gonna work. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they can stay in games. Yeah, and, and again, this is the Alexander Madison was the one I was going to pick. So, Steve, you're right on my on my nail here again. I mean, you had Damian Pierce at the bust. I think Alexander Madison is definitely in line for a career year. I think he's got top five running back potential. The question marks, though, are not gone. He's only started six games in his career, and it's been four years prior to this. Well, you could build the argument that, like, well, he's only started six games, so he doesn't have a lot of tread that he's wear, worn off the tires. He's still started – Four years. He's played for four years. He's still gotten 400 attempts rushing. Like that's that's not nothing. You know, he's 25. He's still young. So like it depends on how you want to build the narrative. You can crutch whichever side you want. And we don't know what this offense is going to look like with him as the main ball carrier. He was a terrific compliment to Dalvin Cook. But can he handle the load? We don't really know that. Even in the games that he started, sure it was dominant, but that could have been because the team didn't know what to expect, right? Because he didn't have any tape. So like. You can kind of build both sides of this. So I still think it's a terrific idea for a breakout candidate because, again, at RB25, you're, you're basically drafting him to be a flex player, and he could be an RB1. That's what I'm looking for. Like, that, that is the upside I want in a flex option. And I think even if he's RB10, you're still getting a steal at RB25 in my book. Kind of the same logic I had with Connor, right? It's the same basic idea. Like, down in that, that deep range of where you don't really have to risk a lot, but the reward is real high. So I like this totally for a breakout candidate, for sure. Right in my wheelhouse. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get over to these sleepers, and we'll wrap things up tonight, guys. Andrew, we'll go back to you. Give us your RB sleeper for 23. Well, I, I am a Bengals homer, and I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention some sort of Bengals. It's Samaji Pirine. I think there's a lot of talk about – I know he's not a Bengal. No, no. I'm saying more like Smudge Piran could be the full-time all-year starter for the Denver Broncos. There is a serious chance that Javante Williams loses his job due to injury. We've seen it happen before, and with the running backs that we're seeing these days, being able to take hits and stay on the field is something Piran's good at, and that's what it takes to be a running back anymore. So if he gets a starting job on a team with Russell Wilson and some potential off- offensive uh, firepower with Sean Payton – I think this team could actually go places, and I think Pirine would be a good chance to help carry them there. And again, at QB 35, he has top 20 upside. You know what I mean? Like QB 30, he's the 35th quarterback taken here, Steve. This is great. Um, RB 35, right? Just for anybody watching. Of course, yes. RB 35. RB 35 is still a terrific value, right? And I think, again, at at that range, you're looking at some other players that you're just hoping make some sort of splash. Pirine could be an every week starter, if not a flex option, definitely an RB starter. And again, he hasn't had a lot of injuries. He's done really well behind Mixon. We haven't really seen him be a bell cow to mention that with with Madison. I don't think they're going to use him that way. I think Sean Payton has a history of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And I think he could be the Mark Ingram to Javante Williams, Alvin Kamara. Both of those guys were top 12 running backs when that happened. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that happen in Denver because the the passing game is going to need a little bit of, I don't know, cover, I guess. They're going to need to be able to, to stack that box and open it up. 
And I just think Pirine's the perfect guy for that. I saw him a lot, obviously, in Cincinnati. I'm a big fan, but RB35 is, feels like a steal. So that, to me, is a sleeper option, someone who's going way too late that could help your team a lot. Oh, I definitely like that. Uh, how do you guys feel about You guys agree, disagree? Um, I mean, how can you not? RB35, it's it's – yeah. The, I mean, the only counter argument you could have, and I'm not making it, but I'm just saying you could have is you, you think that what you saw last year out of Russell Wilson is what you're going to get this year. And then maybe you could, but even then at, at RB 35, it's like, he'll still worst case he's RB 35. And it's like, okay, fine. So I got net neutral on my pick. I don't care. But if any level of forward progress, which I expect a lot of us expect, yeah, he could blow that ADP out of the water. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in. And I, and because again, I, I, we talked about Brees Hall coming off injury. Javante's injury was terrible. He, he ripped two different ligaments and his meniscus. So it wasn't a pretty knee injury either. So it's no sure thing that he's coming back not on the pup. And so I, I like it. I like the P Ryan call. Oh, I'm on Twitter right now, and I just saw Derek Henry tweeted out about the whole RB situation. He's pissed. He's about to he's about to get out of the league. He's about to be done with this. He said just take RB out of the game then. <laughs> the ones that are want to be great and to work hard to give them give their awful organization just doesn't seem to matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Mm-mm-mm. Oof. All right. Uh <laughs> Uh, John, we'll go over to you. Give us your sleeper Hold RB. Up. I got to run, though, guys. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, so Jibs, you get to go. Yeah, yeah. Jibs, go um, for it. Uh, real quick, um, it's going to be Elijah Mitchell. He's basically probably on the top of the handcuff list and um, who doesn't want a piece of the vaunted San Francisco 49ers offense. Um, obviously, he's behind Red Caffrey. It could be a blessing and a curse because San Francisco 49ers running backs are, have a really bleak track record. But um, if you just look at, like, the six games he played with McCaffrey last year, and I'm thinking on a really small sample size because they were injured and off. Um, he was able to get 11 touches per game. We saw him in the red zone, had some work there. So, like, maybe you get some garbage time duties, return some value as, like, a handcuff plus with some, like, standalone value slightly. And that's my only case for him, but he's not going to be, like, some of these guys that uh, you guys presented, I'm telling you that. <laughs> no, I actually, I'll be honest. I like the call. I like the call, Jibs, because, yeah. you, you know, you get 12 touches on a good offense that we all expect to be there with the baked in upside of what if CMC goes down. So, you know, we talked about, you know, Damian Pierce and all the other guys that, that are in a muddy backfield. Elijah Mitchell is a good running back in, you know, a, a, a tough backfield, but he's still carving out work with Christian McCaffrey there. So that should tell you a lot about Elijah Mitchell. Um, and I think, yeah, that's RB 30 or oh, 42. It's like, who, who, if CMC goes down, he's top 15. So, you know, why not take that chance? To the moon. It's just like Madison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Later, Jibs. See you, Andrew, anything to say about this? I, the only thing I'll say about Mitchell is that I, I don't mind this at all for a sleeper. I think RB42 is exactly what you're looking for as a sleeper, like a, de- a deep league flyer, like someone you can put on your bench and maybe be start worthy. But again, like there, there are a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco. I'm obviously still got Jeff Wilson, I think is going to snipe some carries and CMC doesn't seem to be somehow doesn't seem to be getting any older. I don't know how he keeps doing it, but uh, and again, there's some quarterback questions. They've got Debo, they've got Ayuk, they've got Kittle. There's just a lot of mouths to feed. So for me, Elijah Mitchell is one of those guys that kind of needs injuries to happen to other people, which I don't like projecting injuries of any kind. 
Um, but he's got his own injury questions too. He only played in five games last year. Like that's not ideal. So again, if, if we're able to, able to remove the injury question and just kind of take it in a vacuum, I think RB 42 is way too low for Elijah Mitchell, who's a speedster. And I think that they're going to run the heck out of him if he's the only guy there, but we just don't know enough in my mind to, to feel comfortable, but that's why is our ADP is RB 42. <laughs> so again, if I'm drafting someone at that range, I'm looking for upside. Elijah Mitchell's got upside for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely has some upside. I mean, I, I don't really like him as a sleeper. I, I probably would be avoiding him in a lot of leagues here personally. Um, I hate to bring up the injury thing because that's, to me, that's what factors in with my ability, to my comfort level in taking a guy like Elijah Mitchell. Like, yeah, he could be good, he could be decent, but again, it's been a couple of years now since his rookie season that he had that really big season. I mean, I guess that was only a year ago, but you know, they brought in CMC for a reason. You know, Elijah Mitchell was free, basically. They didn't have to go get a, another running back. You know, we look at the trend in the NFL. They didn't have to get him, but they went and got a guy like CMC because of this reason, uh, because they cannot trust Elijah Mitchell to be on the field for a whole season. And anything, I think Jordan Mason could end up having a big role in this offense, too. He did pretty well uh, as the actual split guy here in San Fran. So um, for me, I, yeah, I get what Jib's thinking on it, but it just I just prefer not to uh, just go down that route with him. So. All right, John, we'll go back to you and um, go back to your sleeper. Yeah, so my sleeper pick is Antonio Gibson. And um, this one to me is kind of a a conversation of skill and like theory. Um, you know, we always talk about upside with running backs being in the pass catching. And we always talk about how, you know, we want a running back that catches passes. Well, Antonio Gibson was, you know, 80 uh, PFF grade on pass catching other running backs, which is top three so he is as good as it gets as a pass catching running back and it makes sense he was a wide receiver in college so if you don't know that uh he was a wide receiver in college and so to me you know the talks coming out of camp is they want to get him more involved in the pass game they do want to split him out wide sometimes i mean this could be a really interesting season for antonio gibson with eric Bieniemy coming into town and and sort of I think he is an electric playmaker and the will get the ball in his hands and create space. Cause that's what he's good at. And so, um, you know, RB 33 with a guy who has legitimately, you know, we were talking about, you know, target share he, for a backfield. He legitimately could have 60, 70 targets as a, as a running back. And so then give me, I don't care. Give me 150 carries. Give me 200. Carries. I don't care at that point. I'm ha- I have enough pass catching work that my floor is in there. So, RB 33, uh, you know, and I, I, people like Brian Robinson, I'm not as scared of Brian Robinson, you know, really dominating a backfield. Like I think he's a good complimentary piece. I think he's fine. He'll get his, you know, whatever early down work that they want to give him. But you know, when they're playing catch up, when they need to score points quick, two minute drill, all this stuff, I think it's going to be a lot of Antonio Gibson. And we're kind of, because we were so disappointed, similar to Cam Akers, because we were so disappointed in the past, we like don't really want to draft him now. And I think that, you know, if you believe in Sam Howell, you believe in all these other pieces, I think Antonio Gibson just, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And so Antonio Gibson should be a-okay and I'm getting him as RB three and I'm going to be able to plug him into my flex. No problem. Yeah. I considered putting Gibson as mine on this one. Um, just because again, in my mind, a sleeper is someone you don't expect to start every week. And I think that's a fair thing for Gibson. I think there are a lot of people at, at RB 33. You're not really, you know, you don't have to start him every week. He's maybe a flex option depending on your, your league and your format and all that. Um, but th- there are some things that still kind of concern me about him, but overall, I feel like his, his sleeper ability is still really there. 
Um, and again, I just think the, the main reason I went with Pirine is because he's, I think, going later and is kind of getting under-recognized in a way, where I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are coming back around on Gibson. As we've seen a lot of times, though, it's not the player, it's the ADP, right? So when Gibson was that RB10, RB12, or whatever it was a year or two ago, everybody was kind of like, oh, this guy's a scrub, he's terrible, he's not worth that value. And now we've seen him drop to RB33, and it's like, oh, well, he's worth that value, and maybe more, <laughs> so I'll take him. So, like, everybody kind of comes around when the value comes around. So. Yeah, I think this is a fine pick. And again, I, I have no issue, no no bad thing at all to say about Gibson. I would be glad to have him as my RB3. I'm right there with you. Yeah, Gibson and Pirine are back-to-back in fantasy pro rankings. So yep. just uh, As they should sense. be. They're both those guys they, yeah. that deserve a big boost. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Get them yeah, up. Definitely. Get them up. Yeah. Well, and one other thing, just because we are getting into sticker season, as I call it, B. Robinson, make sure you look at the team. It's not Bijan. Yes. Brian, so like we got to be careful. Mentioning it now because we had the Cincy live draft, and there were a couple of stickers that didn't get misplaced, but almost right. So just don't bad. don't have too many beverages. Take a look. This is a big deal. You know, you don't want to be drafting Brian Robinson in the second round of your draft. That's all I'm That'd saying. Be hilarious. Yeah, what was happening? Who was getting drafted in the Scott Fishbowl? Uh, like, wasn't it a Barkley, not Saquon Barkley? It was another Barkley. Yeah, Matt Barkley, the quarterback. Matt Barkley, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that last year. Last that year that happened. So yeah. He tweeted out about it. That was so funny. Yeah, that Thanks was great. Drafted oh, me early. Yeah, yeah, but no, John, this is, this is a good pick here, obviously. here He finished RB31 last year, and he missed a bunch of games at the end of the season, obviously. So, again, there's this, this upside to his game that, you know, Eric Bieniemy can get his passing game going a little bit more. Obviously, we saw what it was able to do last year that J.D. McKissick, and he thrived in that role. And I'm not scared of Brian Robinson as a passing down, because he's not. He's a two-down back, really. So Gibson's get his ability to get... You know this work in the receiving game is is major for him. So again, I don't I don't see it as a breakout, but I can see him beating RB thirty three pretty easily and finish maybe RB twenty five twenty four uh, for the coming season, especially in PPR league. So I like it. All right, so let's go over to my final pick of the night. My sleeper is Damian Harris. I switched it on you guys if you looked at the doc. Uh, so Damian Harris RB thirty nine ADP one fifteen. So the way I see it is that. I don't think Damien Harris is in any line for any breakout season. I just don't see that. I think they do like James Cook. I think they want to mix these two guys in. Obviously, Josh Allen, his ability to steal touchdowns is a key factor. But Damien Harris at RB39, I think he could easily be there. I think he could end up being, you know, a, a high-end RB3 or mid low-end RB2 with touchdown upside. I know I just mentioned that Josh Allen takes touchdowns, but – you know, Damien Harris is a guy that they never had a guy with this kind of size on the offense here. They had, you know, Devin Singletary, who was 5'7". They have James Cook, who is about the same height, but about 15 to 20 pounds less than Damien Harris is. He is the big guy you bring into this offense here, who we've already seen him have a 15-touchdown season in over his career at one point. Um, I, I think they really do want to get away from Josh Allen using his body uh, and getting it hurt because they obviously need him to, to last a long season. And Damien Harris was efficient when he got the ball in his hand. He's been a pretty solid running back when he's got an opportunity over his time, especially with the Patriots. Uh, again, just injuries kind of messed him out, got him out of New England. And now he's in a new situation, a team that is a high scoring offense and a team that plays in cold weather, late November, December. I mean, if you're looking for a running back to produce, give me the big guy and not the small, fast electric guy in December. Give me the guy who's going to pound over these running, these defenders in November and December. And I, I like, and I like Damien Harris to see 800 yards and eight touchdowns is not out of the range. I, and I don't think that's a breakout season, but it surely beats RB 39. So um, give me Damien Harris as a sleeper for this year. 
I love this, yeah. I'll jump in real quick and just say Damian Harris is not somebody I'm really interested in, even at RB 39. I just, it worries me a little bit that offense is not really that run heavy outside of Allen. And I do think they're going to lean a lot on James Cook. They still have Latavius Murray there too. They signed him to a contract and they got yeah. Naheem Hines. Like there's just a lot of, a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield that I think could, could maybe make none of them worth it really, in my opinion. Um, but again, at RB 39, you're not risking much. I'm not against that. I just, it's not somebody I generally am excited about drafting. I think his upside is pretty capped, barring injury. And, and again, if I'm looking for a sleeper, like I was listening with Pirine or even Gibson, right? You're looking for somebody who could be a top 20 running back. I think there's a lot of things have to go right. I mean, a lot of things have to go right for Harris to be in the top 20 conversation. So I think, again, this is uh, somebody I'm fine to let sleep. And I think it's also kind of interesting that he is on Matt Barkley's team now. So again, to kind of wrap yeah. that in, uh, Matt Barkley, <laughs> teammate for Damian Harris, just bringing it all together. Nice <laughs> We're such a professional show around here. Yes, of course. Um, you knew it. That's why you changed it, Steve. I love it. That's it. Yes. Um, it's funny. I actually, I actually, I mean, I mean, I agree with you, right? Like it could be too muddy, but I do see the some upside because last year, um, Devin Singletary had 16 carries inside the 10 and only scored four times. Damian Harris won't score only four times. So that's the one stat that every time I want to get out on Damian Harris, I think about that and I go, yeah, I'm probably back in. And so I think it is really interesting. Um, he, to me, is someone that could be by week four. You're like, yeah, I don't even, I could cut him. Don't even need him. Right. Like he could ease or, or you hang on to him as maybe an injury. Like it could be that bad. It could also be week four and he's a 50, 50 split with James cook. And he's, you know, on pace for double digit touchdowns. And you're like, okay, wow, this is paying off. And so I don't see a word. It's funny. The, the RB 39 ranking to me is weird because I think he either beats that by a decent amount or he's behind it by a decent amount. I don't think he's anywhere in the middle here. So um, I, I like the call of the sleeper pick personally um, because of that, um, the red zone work that Devin Singletary couldn't capitalize on last year. You know, if you give Damian Harris 16 carries inside the 10, he's scoring at least 10 of those. So that's that's pretty good at RB 39 for me. I knew I liked you, John. I mean, I hope he doesn't do that because obviously, you know, you yeah, he's not too much. We're in division fan, uh, uh, rivals, obviously, yeah. uh, yeah. Dolphins and, and Patriots fans. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But obviously for fantasy, we try to leave our teams and our likability for them out of the situation here. And obviously that's how I feel. Sure. But yeah, but uh, that is going to wrap up our show tonight, guys. Uh, we appreciate you all for tuning in and listening, whether you're listening live with us over on our YouTube channel at the Fantasy Coaches or if you're listening afterwards on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your podcast, uh, we do really much appreciate it. Uh, Andrew, you are a great guest as always joining us in for this show. We love to having you on. Uh, if there's anything you want to mention, anything you're working on right now, uh, I'll give you the floor, my friend. Sure. So, uh, I'm still writing for fantasy pros, doing some articles for them, you know, about one or two a week, depending on the, the thing. And obviously as we get closer to the season, that's going to really go nuts. I uh, still got our podcast at the dynasty junkies. You can always check us out on there if you're into the dynasty format. And there's actually something Rocky and I are going to start doing with Rate My League, where we're going to start actually taking leagues and, and rating their and going through their entire personal leagues. Uh, we're going to see if we can get some of those to be published on our feed, too, because they're just I think that's going to be a lot of fun to really get in the weeds. It reminds us a lot of the segment we do in our show about Find Me a Trade, where we actually get to dive into a league and get to pick it apart a little. So we're really looking forward to starting that out with Rate My League as this season comes in and uh, we start to see some redraft leagues and People love hearing how their league is in, in relative to other people and having a third party get in there and just 
rip somebody apart is always a good time. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But other than that, just, you know, catch me on Twitter. It's always a good time. And uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. It was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Love having you. Uh, Coach John, anything you want to mention before we get going? Um, as always, guys, Andrew, thank you so much. Go follow Andrew. His work at Fantasy Pros is awesome. Super smart dynasty mind. One of the guys that when I look for advice and I try and it is an echo chamber. It is a big space on Twitter. Andrew is someone I tend to sort of listen to. So um, please drop him a follow. And uh, that segment sounds awesome. Uh, We used to do one back in the day that we called roster doctors and people would send their roster in and we would try and like figure out a way to make it not suck. And it was, it was fun. So I'm excited to hear that, that new segment to come out. And last, subscribe to our YouTube. Um, Coach Steve's been killing it with those uh, quick hitters, those little like one and two minute uh, sort of breakdowns. They're so fun. Um, You know, if you want to fly through, you know, five or six players and just get it over, you know, you get a lot of information real quick. And, um, you know, the YouTube is starting to creep and climbing up. And I think that has to do with we're getting close to football season. So if you're listening now, thank you. But subscribe and listen all year and we'll win some money yes appreciate that john about the short videos appreciate that i'm doing them every day and a lot of fun i obviously. love them they're, dude they're, they're yes. so good they're perfect they're perfect yes quick two minute videos obviously on our youtube we also have them on the tiktok as well over there it's much easier to do those sometimes but uh i'm not great at it so they're just they're basic information but you're getting information out of it for sure but uh again always thanks you thank you all for tuning in you can follow us over on our twitter at coaches fantasy for all of our updates and everything we'll be obviously back next monday talking wide receivers this time around here uh it's going to be a fun off fun rest of the season guys we're going to get into our two days soon enough and uh, we appreciate you guys for listening in and enjoy your fantasy enjoy the off season we'll see you next time guys the back is not far-fetched we got a couple of clock hands i've been feeling super duper how the heck they know the future come with me don't be a loser grass is green like pooper scoopers clueless analysts don't do the half of this in fact i'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting sh- like boom running like zoom the highest and mighty has entered the room high off the knowledge i'm feeling the fumes all players cover this nuts as legumes opponents are doomed and these are the facts i keep it 100 like i'm running track and listen up I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing it up.